Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. I'm glad you're listening today. And this is a little bit uh, later, actually several weeks later, but I did a Palm Sunday message that I wasn't able to share on the radio. And I think it certainly relates uh, today, even though that was a few weeks back and what a great time with great services and how uh, we could recognize um, the joy of Jesus coming into Jerusalem and seeing what was going to take place, but preparing to go to the cross. You know, when we think of the scene of Jesus riding Jerusalem on a colt, that was prophesied years before. We see an incredible joy. We see incredible happiness. The Messiah had come. The joy would last a bit until he was arrested in the crucifixion. But on Friday, of course, Good Friday, they focused on the cross. And today I want to focus on happiness that Jesus brings and that he brought. So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Pray you'd watch over us, lead us. May people grasp onto what is being said today. May we respond to you always. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, um, as I focus on happiness, you know, people were celebrating Jesus coming into, into Jerusalem. I want to know, what is it that makes you happy? Is it a good prime rib dinner? I love prime rib. Until the other day, I went to a the restaurant with somebody, and they said, hey, get what you want. And I looked, and I saw the prime rib, but it had a calorie count next to the prime rib, and it was like 1,100 calories. So I said, kiss that prime rib goodbye. And I had soup and salad. Man, I didn't want to have 1,100 calories. I had no idea that prime rib it was a 12-ounce prime rib. But somebody told me that would be with fat and everything. If you ate the whole thing, I don't know. But I still, it discouraged me. But I know one thing. I like being happy. I like uh, hearing great testimonies of people who are happy. And I've, in fact, titled this message, Recipe for Happiness. We've heard it many times over the years, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. My dad used to sing that all the time, getting up in the morning. Happy, 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 happy are the people whose God is the Lord. You know, and that's true, though. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Listen to David in Psalms 37, 4. He said, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you desires of your heart. Delight means taking great pleasure in something. So David was saying, take great pleasure in your walk with the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will help you enjoy and provide for you to be happy. I believe all of us like being around happy people. I was so fortunate to live in a household full of happiness. Laughter was a huge part of our family. We'd sit around the dinner table, and I know you're supposed to be proper, but we'd laugh sometimes until tears. My mom and dad and brothers, we had a tremendously happy family, and I am so grateful for that. And I'm sorry. I know some of you have not had that, and, and I'm sorry that that I was fortunate to have that. I'm not sorry, but I'm. sometimes you say things, and everybody says, oh, don't rub that into our family, and I'm certainly not attempting to do that. I just want you to know that we were very fortunate to have that family. Once there was a group of 60 people attending a seminar, and the speaker decided to have them do a group bonding activity. So he brought in 60 balloons of the same color, and he had them write their names on them. Then he took the balloons and tied strings to them and took them into another room, and he let them go to the ceiling. The ceiling was only 8 or 10 feet high, something to that nature, probably 10 feet high, but they had the long string on there. And leaving plenty of string for people to retrieve the balloons. He told his audience, now I want you to go into the room. I'm giving you five minutes and retrieve your own balloon. 
It was a bumbling mess. Everyone is frantically running into each other. No one found their own balloon. So he had them all return back to the conference room. He brought them together and told them, now I want you to go in there and and grab it, just grab a balloon and give it to the name that's on the balloon. And they did that, and within two minutes, everybody had their balloon. Well, the speaker then began, he said, this is happening in our lives. Everyone is frantically looking for happiness all around, not knowing where it is. Folks, I want to share with you today some things that most certainly lead to happiness. The first is to invest your time and your energy in the things of God. There are so many drawing cards that pulls us out our time away and our energies away, and most importantly, away from the things of God. God has called us to be children of God. And if we're going to be children of God, we're certainly going to invest our time in the things of God. We tie up our schedules with life and those things we so enjoy, which isn't all bad. But when God is left behind, our perspective changes, and suddenly we become like John the Revelator called us, called the people, lukewarm. We lightly keep in touch with the things of God, and we pursue personal dreams with God more or less in the background. Folks, that needs to change. God wants us to have the desires of our heart, but he wants us to honor him first. Psalm thirty-three, twelve says, Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Is God the Lord of our nation? Is God the Lord of our city? Is God the Lord of your household? Is God the Lord of your life? Or is everything else? And you just kind of give him the spare change. What is it? What is it? God chose you to walk with him, to love him, to be people who live in happiness and joy. We should live in the great happiness knowing no matter what happens in this world, we will someday be in heaven. Oh, I've been reading a lot about Revelation in this book and and all these predictions and all these things and how things look like they're they're about ready the world's about ready to come to an end and it could very well be, but it's it's interesting all through the years you hear prophecies and you hear people discussing Daniel and Ezekiel and and Revelation and, and saying all these things are going to happen. Now look to this, look to that. Well, the truth is some of that is certainly true. When they said there'd be rumors of war and there'd be many earthquakes, I I was reading somewhere where there's like hundreds of thousands of earthquakes going on right now around the world, and that uh, and we know the rumors of wars and things like that. So there, it certainly is on its way. I don't know when. The Bible says nobody will know the day or the hour, but the important thing is that we're ready, that we're ready when He comes and we understand it. But to spend all our time worrying and thinking about prophecy, I don't think is necessary. What's necessary is to walk with Jesus Christ every day. So when it does come, when the end does come, that you are ready, that there's no question about it, there is not even an iota of a question, that someday you'll spend eternity with him. You know, since we've been in Psalms some today, let me continue down that same thought in a minute because I want to I want to share some more things about that. But the importance to choose your friends wisely is very important to keep happiness too. My father was always very... Uh, straight with us boys, said, I want you to run around with friends that would uplift you, that would help you in your walk with God, not detour it. Life and following God is much easier when we are not influenced by our friends that dishonor God and literally throw him under the bus. Some people hang and run and spend all their time with people who are throwing God under the bus. They choose a life that mocks God, 
but yet we ordain it by not saying anything or continuing to follow their pattern of life instead of God's pattern for life. Well, I like what David said in Psalm 1. A lot of people know Psalm 1, haven't it memorized. I did it one time. I don't think I have it all memorized at this moment, but Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his last on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Blessed are you when you don't walk in step with those opposing God. Blessed are you that don't sit in the company of mockers. It says that those who use discretion on who they run with, blessed are you and you will prosper. The greatest excuse we use in life is missionary evangelism. We say, I'm going to turn them into believers. Well, I hope so, but so many times it works just the opposite. I think that's why David probably wrote the psalm. He must like he must watch people in life. Even the apostle Paul spoke of a pagan influence in his letter in 2 Corinthians, reading the good news. He says, "Do not try to work together as equals with unbelievers, for it cannot be done. How can right and wrong be partners? How can Christ and the devil agree? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever?" Verse seventeen says, "You must leave them, separate yourself." from them, have nothing to do with what is unclean, and I will accept you. He lays it out pretty clear. So many times people take this wrong and they say, pastor said we can't have non-Christian friends. And I got news for you, pastor did not say that. Paul was talking here about being yoked together, referring to spending the abundance of your time together. We all need to be around people of the world, of those who don't know Christ, absolutely. How else will they ever meet him? If you want to have a recipe for happiness, be obedient to the Lord and surround yourself with those who have the common, that have common beliefs with you, but do not leave out the opportunity to love the unbeliever and be a living witness to them. You will be happy knowing you are doing your part in expanding heaven by loving and encouraging the lost. I purposely am around some lost people. I don't spend all my time with them. They're not my best friends. They're not somebody that I uh, am yoked to. But there's people that I have felt called that I need to witness to them. I need to love them more than anything else. The greatest witness you can be is loving them. Many doors in my life have been opened up by just loving people and just showing people attention. You know, sometimes we get in ourselves in a bind and sometimes we start falling victim. And I've heard people say, well, I have dates. I mean, I know they're not Christian, but I'm going to win them to the Lord. Folks, most of the time it doesn't happen that way. Most of the time, it's just the opposite. The other person starts slipping to their level. And I'm telling you, you've got to be careful. You have to be very careful. I was very fortunate. Eighth grade, I had a little girlfriend, and her name is Susan, and uh, she didn't go to church. And she wanted me to go to dance with her one time. And I said, no, I, I can't. But I invited her to a church party. Well, I got news for you. The great news is this. Susan and I, we were kind of boyfriend, girlfriend for uh, quite a while. And then... Uh, but she started coming to church, gave her heart to the Lord, and now she. this has been 50 years later, and she is walking with God. Her and her husband are missionary, doing missionary work, and amazing. But, you know, I'm thankful that God used that opportunity as an eighth grader. But you know what? We have to be careful. We have to be on guard. But God wants to use you. He wants to use you where he's planted, and we have to win the lost world. Jesus is about Matthew, the tax collector, winning the lost world and sharing the truth. 
But be careful. Be careful about spending a bunch of your time with those that are awkward, those that are not awkward, but those that mock God. Hey, I'm going to continue this tomorrow. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.